0: Anytime, anywhere, smartphone, tune-in radio app. We are 106.1 Nash Icon, WRKN, Picayune, New Orleans. Good evening, and welcome to All Access on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon, at nashfm1061.com, presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. All Access is also presented by the Allstate Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics and by Francesca Bicati's, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. All access is also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln in Kenner, by Bergeron Automotive in Metairie, by Lifegate Church in Mandeville in Metairie, by Premier Automotive throughout the New Orleans area, John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge, by Life Resources Ministries with outreaches throughout the New Orleans area, and by the r Carriers New Orleans Bowl. It's your chance to talk intelligent sports All sports, all the time. To join in the conversation, call 504-260-1061. Now here's your host, Cumulus, New Orleans Sports Director, Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, and the Kenner Star.
1: And a pleasant good evening and welcome to another edition of All Access. Of course, this is the Wednesday night edition here on 1061-FM, Nash Icon. We're on the web at NashFM1061.com our TuneIn app available to you anywhere in the world via iHeart if you'd like to tune in. No excuse to miss it. You can catch us anytime, anywhere. You can get us via Alexa just by saying play WRKN or play Nash Icon 1061 FM. Email the show, Ken at CrescentCitySports.com or call in at 504-260-1061 if you'd like to join us. Of course, podcasts of these shows can always be accessed via crescentcitysports.com after the shows and that will be the case tonight with our guests uh, coming up we'll have Chrissy Freud in just a little bit Chrissy to talk about LSU and Mississippi State with their ties to Draft Network to NBC and to Sports Illustrated also we'll visit with Brooke Kirchhoffer of Channel 4 later on in the show to talk about the Saints and more fairly new in town but a solid journalist who's been in the television industry for a few years now. We'll talk to Brooke a little bit later on. And again, you can call in at any point in time 504-260-1061. That's 260-1061. We'll talk about Tulane in just a minute or two. As far as the Saints are concerned, we'll have more conversation later in the hour with Brooke Kershaw but today, the first injury report for the Saints game at New England on Sunday came out. It's a little better than last week at this time, but still a bit of a concern. Fortunately for the Saints, only starting center Eric McCoy did not practice because of his calf injury. He's likely to miss a second straight game, but there were six players limited, including three new names on the list. In defensive back, PJ Williams with a back problem. Guard Calvin Throckmorton now starting at right guard with a knee and first round pick Peyton Turner with an elbow. Those guys played last week this loss to Carolina and now they're limited now those missing the Carolina game who were limited today included Marshawn Lattimore with his hand injury and linebacker Pete Werner with his hamstring so they participated but on a limited basis there was good news in that defensive end Tano Passignan, who missed the game with the Panthers with a calf injury was back practicing in full so we expect him back this week the Patriots Listed just one player who missed practice today. Linebacker Matt Judon with a knee. Tackle Trent Brown with a calf. Running back Damian Harris with a finger. Well, they were limited at practice today for the Patriots. So that's the injury situation with the New Orleans Saints presently. And, of course, we'll get another update on that tomorrow before the final injury report comes out on Friday. And then the Saints, of course, depart for Foxborough to play the Patriots on Sunday at noon in New England. It's 504-260-1061 if you'd like to join in the conversation. Tulane is back home. The Green Wave, of course, have been in Birmingham. Now they're back home, and ironically, they're playing the team from Birmingham. UAB, the Blazers, 7 p.m. start, ESPN Plus to watch it. UAB is 2-1. They beat North Texas 40-6 last week, Tulane 1-2, after losing 61-21 at Ole Miss. Of course, these two teams have played a solid series overall. In fact, the series has tied five games to five over the history of the two combatants. The last time they played was in 2018 at Legion Field, And UAB won that game 31-24. So, again, a good series. And it looks to be that way again. Looks to be a pretty evenly matched game when you look at this. Garrett Prince, Conference USA Player of the Week. First performance in North Texas where he had three catches for 136 yards and two touchdowns. Caught touchdown passes of 42 and 61 yards to mark the third career multi-touchdown game of his career. And right now, Prince leads the nation with an average of 29.14 yards per catch. So he's the big play guy. You've got to play back on him and try to take him away because he's going to be a problem otherwise. And again, when you look at the Blazers' team thus far, they shut out Jacksonville State 31 to nothing. And then they had to go play Georgia and, of course, overmatched. Got beat by the Bulldogs, 56-7. to So you know what you're dealing with in UAB. You're dealing with a team that is at your level, certainly. Very similar team from a very competitive conference. And it should be, I think, a very evenly matched game. And I'm looking forward to seeing just how Tulane bounces back from the game at Ole Miss now. How banged up are the green wave? We're going to find out. Michael Pratt's taking quite a few hits. We'll see. They're going to need to be better offensively, obviously, than what we saw. They've had a chance to play a number of people based on the second game of the season. So a lot of players getting experience, necessary experience. And obviously the two-lane green wave are better than they showed against Ole Miss. Clearly better. As I've said before, there's a balance between what you saw against Oklahoma and what you saw against Ole Miss. Kind of like the Saints and what you saw in their two games. The truth lies somewhere in between. Tulane may not be that team that almost beat Oklahoma, but they're certainly not the team that got blown out at Ole Miss. They're a little better. That's not to say that Ole Miss isn't much better than Tulane, of course. Ole Miss is. But as I said before, I think Ole Miss is, is underrated, if not vastly underrated. Anybody watching Tulane and Oklahoma and watching Tulane and Ole Miss, anyone, would reach the same conclusion I've reached, which is Ole Miss is a better team than Oklahoma. And Matt Corral should be the Heisman Trophy favorite, not Spencer Rattler. And I think that's changing now based upon the performances of the two quarterbacks to date. Tulane's defense, of course, embarrassed by Ole Miss. Got to play better. Got to believe they will. UAB is not that, but they're still a good team. And obviously, you got to win this game at home. I mean, this is one of those games when you looked at the schedule to see that. You knew that this was going to be one of those games that's a swing game. You got to win the game at home. It's that simple. Because you look at the rest of the schedule, you're trying to fin, you're trying to find seven wins to get to a winning record. And this is one of those, in my estimation, that Tulane has to have. Dorian Robinson, of course, ejected in the first half of the game against Ole Miss, has to sit a half against UAB. That doesn't help. Top tackler a year ago, very aggressive player, important player, and this is a guy that You can't afford to be without, but it's part of the deal. And Tulane has to withstand that difficulty, to say the least. Again, when you look at the schedule as a whole and you try to analyze wins and losses, there are some of those games that are what you would call flip games, toss-up games. You knew Morgan State would be a win, and you knew Oklahoma and Ole Miss would be losses, at least before the season started. UAB – at East Carolina, home against Houston, at SMU, Tulsa at home, USF at home, all games that you you feel like Tulane can win and maybe must win. And if you can get those games, you can get to seven wins. But again, got to get to those games and win those games. Look – Going to be underdogs against UCF, against Cincinnati, obviously, and at Memphis. Memphis beat Mississippi State last week. So clearly, that team is a pretty good football team. The numbers didn't bear out Memphis winning that game because Mississippi State dominated the stats, but Memphis won the game. So with Tulane, you look at where they're at right now. You look at what you're trying to accomplish the most disappointing aspect of the game with Ole Miss, some would say, well, yeah, it was the defense giving up over 700 yards. And I get it. But, again, Ole Miss' elite offensively, to me, uh, the most disappointing aspect of the game wasn't that. It was the offense because the offense was what really didn't get it done. 21 points in one of those scores was set up by a turnover. So the offense just didn't perform the way you needed the offense to perform. Tulane has rushed for 533 yards net in three games. That's not bad, but it's not what we've seen in recent years. They can do better. And I think they will ultimately. Michael Pratt completing 60% of his passes. Seven touchdowns. What you like is no interceptions. So he's been good. Tyreek James is really stepped up at tight end with 11 catches for 189 yards and two touchdowns. Need him to continue to be
0: that guy. The
1: tight ends have become part of this offense a much bigger part than we've seen in recent years and you want to make sure that that continues to be the case. Wide receiver position is still questionable. You got some guys that are stepping up, playing pretty well. The newer guys are doing a pretty good job. Maybe they should get the line share. We'll see. Cam Carroll 106 yards rushing in three games. You would expect more. And Michael Pratt with 82. Devin Brumfield getting time. Iverson Celestine saw a lot of time in game two. Tajay Spears is trying to play his way back from that serious knee injury. Going to take a little bit more time to see if he can get back to where he was previously because, obviously, uh, that was a player that had big play potential every time he touched the ball. Right now, not that kind of guy in terms of elusiveness or speed, but he's a good player. And eventually, you'll see him get back to where he was. It's just a matter of time. So it looks pretty interesting to see where Tulane is. Meanwhile, LSU, you look at what the Tigers are facing, and it's going to be interesting, to say the least, when you check out LSU because we all know what happened a year ago against Mississippi State. It was ugly. It was really ugly. I mean, when you get riddled by a guy named K.J. Costello, a guy who didn't even keep his job, wasn't even liked by his head coach. I mean, that tells you what happened to LSU. You didn't – I mean, you knew it was going bad when Stingley was announced that he was a player, and then LSU came out and tried to play man defense anyway. It was a debacle. Bopolini didn't have the right approach. LSU didn't have the right approach, and the result was obvious. Just had a really bad time on that night, and it stopped LSU's win streak. Of course, the Tigers had gone 15-0 the previous year. Now, keep in mind, at Tiger Stadium, limited capacity last year. They barely had 20,000 announced for that game. So many breakdowns in the past, defense in that game. And KJ Costello set a single game SEC record for yards passing, completing 36 of 60 for 623 yards, five touchdowns, he did have two interceptions. The yardage was the most ever surrendered by an LSU defense, the most. That was really something to behold. As Jacoby Stevens said after the game, It was embarrassing. It was like going into a boxing ring and getting knocked out. No doubt that was accurate. Miles Brennan got sacked seven times in that game, still threw for 345 yards and three touchdowns, but had two interceptions. And it was just one of those days. It was just awful to watch. They just couldn't cover anybody. And the result was obvious. Now, A year later, where are you? Better last week, certainly the best performance of the three. Still not where you really want to be overall. But defense has been better the last two weeks. Still one big blown assignment last week. But overall better. And then, of course, offense better last week. Still not exactly where you want to be because of the lack of a running game. And I know some people say, well, short passing game can be your running game. Yes and no. Kills play action. You don't have any deceit whatsoever. And teams can load up on blitzes against you and cause some problems in the process. So not having a running game is a definitive concern. As far as the passing game, much better. Last week, Max Johnson looked really good. Five touchdowns, one interception. A lot of big plays in the game. Deion Smith stepping up and looking the part of a blue-chip recruit, which he was as the number one player coming out of Mississippi the previous year. Good-looking player. Jack Besh look looked good. I think Tulane. Uh, Tulane. LSU has three guys to go to, clearly, when you're talking about Keyshawn Bouti, who's been everything you expected him to be, along with the emergence of Smith and Bess who continues to emerge. And let's not forget Trey Palmer. He was hurt, but he's capable. moore has been okay. So they have plenty enough in the wide receiver core to be able to be productive. I still think they need to continue to play the young running backs. And I think they will. And I think things will get better as a result. Offensive line, you hope to get Deculus back. We'll see. And Wire, I should say, back. Not Deculus, but Wire, Deculus back. If you get them back, you get all your starters out there. How good can you be? Well, they weren't very good against UCLA. But certainly, having your starters healthy is better than having backups out there. And to start the SEC, you certainly want that. As for Mississippi State, a 2-1 team, and it's been a weird study because the opening game against Louisiana Tech, they were down 21 points in the second half, rallied and stole one late against the Bulldogs, 35-34 at Starkville. And Louisiana Tech had a field goal to win the game. A 41-yarder as the game was ending and had it blocked. So that was an escape job by Mississippi State. And you thought maybe that catapulted them to good things because the following week they beat a pretty good North Carolina State team 24-10 and shut down the Wolfpack. Holding them to 10 points and looking good in the process. So that was certainly encouraging. But then last week, they played Memphis and kind of laid an A. Bottom line is, the Memphis game, they dominated the statistics but lost the game. Just didn't look good. 31-29 loss. Not at all what they were hoping for. Even though the yards were good, It was not at all what they expected or what they wanted. So Memphis is a team that's pretty good, but shouldn't have beat Mississippi State. So you look at that. The common thought process would be simple. And that is, well, if Memphis can beat Mississippi State, then LSU certainly should be able to beat Mississippi State. But let's think about two things. Number one, the game is in Starkville. Number two, state has the confidence of what it was able to do against LSU a year ago. The other factor to consider is to see how each team handles the morning start. It's an 11 a.m. game. So how are you going to handle that? I mean, that's a really unusual start. Those morning starts can produce strange performances. Got to adjust the clock, got to handle it well. Cool front coming through certainly makes it a better, more palatable weather situation. But again, when you look at the morning start, you just don't know exactly how teams are going to respond. Who handles it best? We'll see. And of course, how LSU can perform on the road after laying an egg at UCLA is another story in itself. Your thoughts are two six oh one oh six one. to join in the conversation. So you look ahead to see exactly what to expect as you look at Starkville and what LSU is going to be walking into. Aside from playing on the road, the temperature Saturday is supposed to be clear in Starkville with a high of 82. So Certainly not overwhelming heat, but still warm. Not stifling like it's been, but it certainly will be warm. Wind will be calm, basically. So, again, they'll get a break with the weather, although it's still going to be warm. I mean, this is a game LSU has to have, let's face it. I mean, they have to have this game. As I've said before, if they don't win this game, there's a hard path to winning a game in the SEC West against any of those opponents in the West because, again, Arkansas is nationally ranked. Arkansas is way ahead of schedule, way ahead to put themselves where they are right now considering where they have been the last couple of years. LSU's got Auburn after Mississippi State at Tiger Stadium. Auburn absolutely riddled LSU a year ago. Revenge on their mind, but the Tigers will be at home. We'll see. Then a tough trip to Lexington. Kentucky's better. That's going to be a very tough game. Always is when LSU goes to Lexington anyway, historically. Then you get Florida at home. Florida nearly beat Alabama this past weekend. Then it's at Ole Miss, and you see the way the Rebels are playing, and Ole Miss is at home. And again, remember what happened last year in Baton Rouge. Six turnovers by Corral, and LSU outscored and outlasted the Rebels. Needed the turnovers to do it. At Alabama, nothing more needs to be said. Then at home against Arkansas. Just talked about how good Arkansas is. Get a break from the conference on November 20th. ULM at Tiger Stadium should be a layup. And then, of course, close at Tiger Stadium against Texas A&M, another highly ranked team. Its quarterback got hurt last week, but a good football team and a team that beat LSU last year. So, again, you look at that schedule and you see this week and you understand the importance of this game. LSU's got to win this game to set a successful season in motion. I think LSU still has good players, and I think they have to continue to show improvement week to week. We saw that certainly last week. I wouldn't say so much against McNeese. Offense didn't play anywhere near the way it needed to play. Defense played well, eight sacks against McNeese. But again, you got to consider the opposition. No disrespect to the Cowboys but at a different level than playing in LSU. Last week was different. Offense really clicked. Central Michigan was a lot better than McNeese, and LSU made it look easy. Would like to have seen them score another touchdown, left some points on the field, and would like to have seen them not allow one of the touchdowns they allowed. But by and large, score notwithstanding, whether you're all about scoring, and glamour, and numbers, that's fine, but ultimately it's about the way you play. And I think this team played better a week ago, showed the kind of improvement that you're looking for, and put themselves in a position to maybe carry that over, which they're going to have to do against Mississippi State. And their air raid attack. And they're going to try to confuse LSU all over the place. And LSU's going to have to play some zone. And they're going to have to stay disciplined, and not chase people, but stay home and zone. And make people drive the ball down the field by continuously making plays. Not to vacate the area. Not to blow an assignment and give up a chunk play and an easy score. That's all that happened last year. It happened once last week. It happened against UCLA. And obviously, you've got to limit that. You've got to stop it from occurring. If somebody beats you and they score by beating you in coverage, that's one thing. You know, that's the better man wins, right? But again, to give it up by making a mistake in terms of scheme and how you handled yourself on a particular play is another story. In itself, So again, big game for LSU in the grand scheme of things. Tigers are going to have to step up their play even more now to be the kind of team that they want to be. There's still a long way to go in this season. There's still a lot to accomplish. And they have the ability to do it. But they're going to have to change direction more this week. Not just the improvement we saw last week. Those things are certain. And as for the SEC, I think Ole Miss has got a lot of similarity to the 2019 LSU team. They get a bye week, much like LSU did in 2019 before going to Tuscaloosa. Ole Miss gets a bye week, and they're going to go to Tuscaloosa. And the way Ole Miss is playing offense, Alabama's not going to stop Ole Miss. might slow him down. But the way Ole Miss is playing defense, maybe, just maybe, the Rebels can slow down Alabama enough to create an opportunity to win. Got a shot in my estimation. And as I've said before, I've drawn the analogy between the 2019 LSU squad and the 2021 Ole Miss squad. It's early, and it's giving Ole Miss a lot of credit, but it's a similar type of dynamic at this point. LSU beat Texas on the road back in 2019. That game kind of catapulted the Tigers forward. Ole Miss got a real good win against Louisville. Early in the season, that kind of catapulted the Rebels forward. And now they both of those teams would find out what they're all about at Tuscaloosa. LSU proved what it was all about in 2019. Now Ole Miss has that opportunity this year. So again, the SEC is tough. It always is. The SEC West is very tough. It's hard to find a bad team. There isn't one. With Arkansas stepping up its game, Mississippi State being what it is, Auburn still being good despite losing to Penn State. Mississippi State, I mentioned, Ole Miss being very good, and Alabama being Alabama, and Texas A&M being a top-ten team. That's a whole bunch of good teams, and it's a whole bunch of challenges that LSU faces that will make things rather difficult. So, Tulane-UAB, swing game. LSU-Mississippi State, swing game. I think you get the clear connotation there of what is coming this weekend and how important These games are in the grand scheme of the seasons for both of these teams. Very important for both to find a way to win this weekend. One at home and one on the road. Can they do it? I believe they can. Will they? I'll have my picks later in the week. Of course, yours are welcome. Your thoughts are welcome. Your opinions are always welcome. It's 504-260-1061. That's 260-1061 to join in the conversation. But we told you about the Saints' injury situation. We'll get into that a little bit more in the next segment, and we'll talk about the Saints in general, and maybe touch on one or two other topics with our guest who will join us following a brief timeout. We'll have the pleasure of having Brooke Kershaw join us from Channel Four, where she is now a sports anchor and reporter, new into town. We'll tell you all about her, and then Hetmer talk to you about her thought process about the Saints and more. That's coming up next. Again, it's 504-260-1061 to join in the conversation. We're glad you have joined us here this evening. We'll take a brief out A reminder, Rudy Dixon is our producer. and A reminder about the original coming up Friday night, 6 p.m. until midnight. Best high school football coverage in Louisiana. Six hours plus on what will be a good night for our friends at Haynes Academy. It'll be Haynes night on the show. We'll have Coach Ben Powell at Francesca's with... Jude Young and Les East, and he'll be with us all night. We'll have reports from 45 games, scoreboards from CrescentCitySports.com, winning coaches and analysis from all over the state. Friday night football tops it off from 11 to midnight. That's all coming up on Friday night. It is the original 27th year. Hope you'll join us then. Back in a moment with Brooke Kershaw for here on All Access on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon, and on the web at NashFM1061.com.
2: Marty McFly mornings, the best country for the North Shore all day. And the conversations New Orleans are having every afternoon happens on 1061 Nash Icon and online anytime at NashFM1061.com. It's so sticky.
3: At Hannah's Organic Honey, business may be sweet, but they need an e-commerce queen bee to lead the hive.
2: Okay, these jars are going to
3: Jakarta. Oh, wait a minute. Does that say Jackson? Indeed can help oh, yeah. them hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Schedule virtual interviews and talk to candidates right from your employer dashboard. Visit indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply.
2: I need tech that can make me as productive in my home office as I am at my office office. It's possible with Staples Connect. How about a PC that'll help me get the most out of my
3: day and my budget? Staples Connect makes it possible with the tools you need to work from anywhere. And now, get up to $200 off select PCs, like the Lenovo IdeaPad 5i with Intel i5 processor. Explore what's new at your local Staples or staplesconnect.com. Staples Connect, the working and learning store. Ends ten seventeen. In-store only. Limit 2. DA Exterminating is proud to be locally owned and serving Louisiana's Gulf South for over 60 years. If you want a fast response and great service, call DA now on the North Shore and in Metairie, or you can visit us online at daexterminating.com.
1: Sportsfeed is the place to watch your favorite team. Come check out all the games, including the NBA, college basketball, and baseball on 20 TVs. Open seven days, 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. Happy hour, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Great menu featuring two, count them, two steak nights, Wednesday night, 6 p.m. till $10 choice for Friday night, 6 p.m. till $10 choice ribeyes. Private room available. Sports Beat
2: is located at 3330 Ridge Lake at 16th Street behind Wendy's on Causeway. Sports Beat Pub and
1: Cafe, home of fantastic cocktails, large beer selection, delicious food, friendly staff, and all the sports you can handle.
3: This report is sponsored by Taco Bell. Don't stay up late to binge that show. Sleep early to get a Taco Bell toasted breakfast burrito. This is your warning. You can't get one if you sleep in tomorrow morning. Toasted breakfast burritos, available at a participating Taco Bell location near you during breakfast hours only 7 a.m. to 11 a.m.
1: I'm Ken Trahan. Welcome to your daily sports report presented by CrescentCitySports.com. The roof of the Caesar Superdome had a fire breakout Tuesday as crews were working to clean and prepare the roof for painting. The New Orleans Fire Department confirmed that firefighters responded to flames on the roof just before 1 p.m. The fire was brought under control a short time later. Crews were power washing the roof to prepare it for that paint job, and one person was injured. The Saints are back at work today in preparation for Sunday's game in New England. NBA News Philadelphia point guard Ben Simmons of LSU will not report to the opening of training camp next week. According to reports, he stated he'll never play for the 76ers again. He's asked for a trade. And former New Orleans Pelican J.J. Redick has announced his retirement from the league after playing 15 years and shooting 41.5% from three-point range. And in high school football, the LSU commit Aaron Anderson of Carr is the Nash Icon, 106.1 FM, CrescentCitySports.com, and Grinning New Orleans Quarterback Club Prep Player of the Week after returning three different kicks for touchdowns and accounting for over 300 yards in a 33-19 win over John Curtis Christian. For these stories and more, visit CrescentCitySports.com. Have a blessed day and be a good sport. For CrescentCitySports.com, I'm Ken Trahan.
2: With Amdre, you can enjoy your backyard like never before. Our round-the-clock pest protection gives you the peace of mind to enjoy your great outdoors without a care in the world. Cannonball! Okay, we can't defend you against the splash zone. But when it comes to fire ants and other pests, we've got you covered 24-7. Find Amdrow in the insecticide aisle at your nearest retailer.
3: It can sometimes be hard to tell if a prebiotic or probiotic is working. Not anymore new Align Fast-Acting Biotic Gummies help soothe occasional abdominal discomfort, gas, and bloating in as little as seven days. So you can get back the freedom to do what you love fast without worrying about occasional digestive upsets. Take new Fast-Acting Biotic Gummies daily for best results from Align, the number one doctor-recommended probiotic brand. Visit AlignProbiotics.com for details.
0: Now's the time. What's on your mind? time to express your thoughts by calling ken trahan of crescentcitysports.com and all access on 1061 nash icon and at nashfm1061.com call 504-260-1061
1: new and our missed in the new Orleans market but certainly not to south louisiana is an excellent uh, television journalist who joins us now of course now working at channel four at wwl television as a reporter and anchor having spent uh, time in baton rouge most recently and, of course, a product of our friends at Beaumont and Lamar University. And great to have her join us tonight to talk a little bit about local sports. Brooke Kirschhoff with us. And, Brooke, listen, thank you. It's good to have you here and, and a belated welcome to town, too.
4: Yeah, hey, Ken. Thank you so much for having me. Definitely happy to be in the Crescent City. Of course, not coming too far down the road. and. Not at the best timing, right? Coming right after a (laughs) game.
1: I was going to say, your timing's impeccable. I mean, (laughs) uh, it's funny because when, you know, I got out, once the Saints canceled the preseason game, I got out the next day, went to uh, Marksville for a couple of days, and then made it to Baton Rouge, and stayed there for about three or four days before I could get back to the home and try to put it back together of sorts. So, uh, so I was hanging out in Baton Rouge where they got brushed a little bit, but nothing serious. That's the first thing I thought about with you. It's like, yeah, great timing. You know, you didn't, it was not her fault, though. She didn't bring it with you. So I'm not going to blame her for it, but it's, it's good to have you. It's part of the culture here, as we know, and we just have to endure it. So, of course, you've been covering LSU and Southern and high school sports in Baton Rouge, which I'm very familiar with what you've done. And, and coming here, the opportunity to, to be at a legacy station like Channel 4, that's pretty special, right?
4: Absolutely. No, I've loved every minute of it so far. As we met, just mentioned, the hurricane, a little different, covering news. that You know, we do that in local TV. When storms hit or anything like that, we help out. But definitely back on the sports side of things for the last few weeks and have loved every minute of it so far.
1: Did you tell Doug Mouton you didn't sign up for that or what?
4: <laughs> I don't think he signed up for it too. You know, he was <laughs> out there with storm coverage. So it was a lot of fun though.
1: No doubt. Brooke Coach with us. All right, Brooke, let's talk a little bit about the Saints. The first injury report comes out today. Good news, bad news. Good news, Eric McCoy, the only guy that missed practice. A whole bunch of guys limited, though, including a few who played last week. So, you know, people ask the questions all the time. Do you think the limited offseason, uh, the COVID situation last year, the changes, NFLPA, having no long training camp anymore, having a shorter preseason. Do you think that's contributing to injuries? My answer to that is maybe to a degree. Uh, your thoughts?
4: You know, I don't think so. Uh, when it comes to injuries per se, a lot of these things, you know, come up in, in times when it's just part of sports, right? And that's kind of what the Saints have emulated as well and have talked about it, it, it these type of injuries. As you're seeing, um, you know, that those soft tissue, nothing too crazy, thankfully, for the Saints, at least the guys that aren't on IR, right, as we know, Michael mm-hmm. Thomas, dealing with that ankle surgery. But with Eric McCoy being out a second week, of course, not practicing. Today, out in Dallas, their last time practicing at TCU, actually, today with that calf injury, I don't see that as being too much of a big issue for the Saints. Specifically, based on week one, as we saw, McCoy went down, Cesar Ruiz was able to come in and provide the protection and calls for Jameis Winston in that game. Obviously, we didn't see that in week two, but as we've heard from the Saints over and over, over the last several days, and even today talking with Peyton, a lot of it was communication. They couldn't even hear each other. They couldn't hear what Jameis Winston was calling. There was not a lot of communication between quarterback in the offensive line, not because it wasn't there, but because Carolina brought that much noise to the game that they truly could not hear each other, and that's something they're trying to get corrected this week.
1: Look, it was going to be a transition regardless, and I think what we saw, it's pretty obvious that the Saints are not as good as they looked in week one, and they're certainly not as bad as they looked in week two. The truth lies somewhere in between.
4: Right. It absolutely does. And they don't want to make excuses. If you were to ask Sean Payton right now to his face, hey, you know, COVID, injuries, this, that, and the other, he would say absolutely not. We just got outplayed. Our offense did not put together a plan. He put that on himself. They're going to put together a better plan. Obviously, the communication will get fixed. And try to find a rhythm again within the offense. Look, they're still having Camara marquez Callaway. we might see some other guys coming back this week on the offensive side of the ball i think they still have the pieces to have success especially against a new england defense they are top five in the nfl right now but i think they can go up there and have some success now that they've seen tape right If if you're gonna have a bad game now at least have it be when you had somewhat north of nine starters out in the game plus When you don't have half your coaching staff not on the sidelines able to navigate things, I think they had rookie Ian Book out there with a coach's cap on, and he's trying to navigate substitutions. Look, get this one loss out of the way where everything that could have went wrong did go wrong, learn from it, and let's just move on to the Patriots.
1: I agree with you. I think it was an aberration. And it was just too much to overcome. As I wrote right after the game at CrescentCitySports.com, you had to be able to see this coming. Maybe you didn't see a a one-sided game like that, but you had to see the fact that Carolina was going to win the game given all the disadvantages the Saints had. And the other thing is, of course, they've been away for a long time. Are you surprised that they decided to stay out this week when Tulane did come back this week?
4: No, I think they are so settled on their routine, and specifically, too, with having to stay on the road and going to New England. They've kind of developed the routine of being on the road, and I think jumping the gun and coming home a little early this week would have had some routine issues, and just the, from the mental psyche, you know, mental aspect of, of the players, that's a lot to keep moving around and as as everybody I'm sure in New Orleans understands when you finally come home after a storm like this your body kind of relaxes and settles in and I don't think he wants that to happen just just yet before they're able to truly settle into their hometown.
1: Well, as I said all throughout the off season I thought the Saints should be a running football team and should run it more than they throw it with one of the better <laughs> offensive lines in the league with with good running backs and and having totally unproven wide receivers, and and a question mark about your quarterback. Well, they did that in week one. They couldn't run it at all in week two, and we saw the end result with blitzing that was really the fault of everyone, largely of the offensive line, but certainly on Winston as well for not making line calls and not understanding that it was coming. It's going to be an adjustment period, and of course, when you have to shuffle two spots on the offensive line, that doesn't help. But I guess the bigger question is, do they have enough weapons? Do they have enough players on the outside to be able to keep defenses honest and keep them from jumping the run?
4: I would tell you that they think so, (laughs) especially when you look at that offensive line and Teron Armstead and Ryan Ramchek. any quarterback would love that tackle duo, right? I mean, I'd put them right up there as either the best or the second best tackle duo in the NFL. I think they have the pieces to get this done. Look, Alvin Kamara didn't have a good game. We can all agree on that. He had less yards than carries he had eight carries for five yards in the game against the panthers he's going to get that corrected of course we didn't really get to see much of tony jones jr having much success we know that he can burst on the scene and be a spark plug but i think it might lie in special teams i don't know if you guys remember a couple years ago when the saints went to seattle drew went down and teddy came in as the starting quarterback deontay harris returned a punt that just sparked the offense for the Saints I think that's going to be something maybe they need and I think it's something Saints fans are used to seeing in a game when can we have that turning point when can we have that spark and we saw it in Carolina when the defense had that big interception but unfortunately at that point in the game the game was lost for the Saints and they were not able to come back so I do think they will have success in New England but things are going to have to go their way up there
1: visiting with Brooke Kershofer of WWL television and Brooke, obviously uh, this is a football team that I guess none of us really knows exactly what it's going to be. I picked them to go eight, nine, but I thought they could go anywhere from seven wins to 11 wins. I mean, I think it was really that type of season, not knowing because of the great unknown and the lack of depth with all the players they lost in, in the cap issue and trying to get to where they needed to get. So, Right now, I don't think we have any better idea. Although they have quality players, if they can get them all on the field,
4: I agree with you. And I think the success too will also lie in the defense, as we've seen over the years. We saw today, you know, C.J. Garner, Johnson, Marshawn Lattimore, Pete Werner, P.J. Williams, Peyton Turner, all limited in practice today. But with the off-season move and in-season move, Sean Payton has been able to make with Pulson, Adebo, and Bradley Roby now both starting at cornerback. I think their defense is really strong going into this week. I know as far as the defensive line, you have some issues there. Losing some key defensive linemen, specifically in Marcus Davenport, but the Saints have built a roster that has depth. They have the guys that they can plug in and put in there and have success. Remember, it's a rookie quarterback they're going up against next. I know it's still Bill Belichick's offense, and that's a guy you've got to respect and prepare for but I think they're if they just put some pressure on this quarterback which by the way Sean Payton was very interested in drafting this last year they're going to have success
1: yeah Matt Jones has played very well in the two games thus far he's taking care of the football makes good decisions and and a lot of people very high on him for for a lot of reasons but he is still a rookie look uh, Tonto passing on will be back this week it appears he was full today Uh, Davenport remains an enigma maybe more of a concern with Peyton Turner being limited today, too. And, of course, David Onyemata, still out and won't be back until week seven of the season. So some of the concerns going into the season are still concerns now, and that would be wide receiver, are they good enough? And then, of course, defensive line, are they good enough? I think the secondary, if they're healthy, now with the addition of Roby, will be fine. But you got to get everybody out there. Not having Lattimore or Chauncey gardner johnson was a bit much last week.
4: Absolutely. And credit to Dennis Allen and his, his staff there. Uh, they have been able to just plug in guys and really just have a plan that fits their best need. What do they do well and how can we squeeze that in? You know, as a rookie cornerback, especially going up against a veteran quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, I was extremely pleased with Paulson Adibo's performance on the field. He showed that, you know, he's feeling more comfortable. He still says he has a lot of room to grow. We spoke with him today, and he still kind of has that rookie mentality when he's, you know, doing interviews, wants to make sure he says the right things and, you know, making sure he says he has a lot of room to grow, things he can work on. But, I mean, give the kid some credit. Coming in from Stanford as a rookie and able to play opposite Marshawn Lattimore, one of the greatest cornerbacks in the NFL right now, I think they are figuring things out. I thought it would take until at least week three for them to mesh mesh and gel. But to come out so strong as we saw in week one, who's to say they can't put that effort again in week three? And I know it's glaring this week two loss, but I truly think it's something that was eventually going to happen at some point in the season. Better it to be now where they can view the tape and get it corrected. And you better believe Sean Payton and his staff and Dennis Allen doing everything they can to make sure those things get corrected and, on the offensive side of the ball, they were talking about their first and second down efficiencies. That absolutely has to get corrected. Again, that came with the rhythm, not being able to communicate offensively last week, but they think they can correct those things here this week.
1: All right, a couple of minutes left with Brooke Kershofer. I'd be remiss not to ask you about LSU since you spent <laughs> a lot of time with the Tigers. I mean, uh, there's a lot of angst there amongst its followers and and for pretty good reason. We saw some encouraging signs last week, their offense Played well. Still don't run the ball well enough, but passing game looked good. Receivers have emerged. Max Johnson had his best game. Defense still blew an assignment. Played better the last two weeks, but the competition must be considered. I mean, where do you see this program? Uh, Do you think this program has slipped precipitously, slightly? Do you think it can get back to where it was in 2019?
4: I think if we were talking after week one or week two, I would say, boy, they're in trouble. But we definitely saw... The Tigers make a step in the right direction in Week Three against Central Michigan. Look, I know they're by far not an SEC opponent, but we just saw Mississippi State have an embarrassing loss to Memphis. That's got to be taken into consideration. They're going to try to come in, and emotions are going to be high. But I think LSU is has the edge going into this week. They're starting to click right at the right time. Max Johnson, still a young quarterback, and again, talk about injuries with the Saints. The injuries. With the offensive line at LSU, and they were able to get those things corrected on the defensive side. They just lost another big lineman um, in Andre Anthony. But, again, I think they have the pieces to not only continue to sail forward in a positive motion, but excel with Oli Gay and B.J. O'Drillari and the pig Mason Smith out of Terabone. I think they're going to have success in Mississippi State, Now, whether it's by a touchdown or a field goal, I think it's going to be a close game. I wouldn't surprise me if Mississippi State came out and won the game just based on not having to see LSU's complete body of work. The only opponent we've really saw them go up against is UCLA. So how are they going to do an SEC play? Huge question. Are they the 2019 team and can they get there? I don't think so this year, but they're trending in the right direction.
1: That's well stated. I think this week will tell us a lot. If they win this week, it could set, the, you know, maybe an eight-win season in motion. If they lose this week, all bets are off because the SEC West. I don't know who they're going to beat if they don't win this week. It's I think <laughs> this is a I think it's a swing game for LSU. I really do.
4: Yeah, I, I agree with you absolutely, and you can't help but recognize, you know, the noise in Stark Vegas. You know, LSU is doing everything they can to prepare for that. If you're driving by. Tiger Stadium or by the practice fields this week. Don't be surprised if you hear a random cowbell because they are blaring them out there in practice. And truly, that is going to be a big issue for LSU is that communication on the offensive line for Max Johnson, you know, to get those protection calls down and things of that nature. You know, you've still got some young wide receivers and tight ends emerging. We are excited, though, about Jack Besh and Deion Smith emerging this last week. But, again, they're going up against Central Michigan, not an SEC opponent. And we know Mississippi State and the air raid. It's got to be taken into consideration. We've still seen LSU secondary blown a few coverages. Ogeron was not shy about talking about that this week. And he didn't necessarily sound the most confident when asked about last year's game when they lost to them in an embarrassing fashion in Baton Rouge. He said they have their antennas up. So, not necessarily positive or negative, kind of right there in the middle. He said they have their antennas up against this team. They're certainly not going in overconfident um, as they take on this Mississippi State team, fully taking them serious.
1: They should. And I think they'll find out in a hurry, and we'll find out everything we need to know about this LSU team and what kind of season it's going to be on Saturday morning with the morning matinee at Starkville. You can follow her on Twitter at Brooke Chesney. That's with an E in Chesney, C-H-E-S-N-E-Y. <laughs> and, of course, love the um, love the scripture, too, by the way. You're talking my language now with 2 Corinthians 5-7, okay? So
4: Absolutely.
1: Keep, uh, amen, and keep that up you hear <laughs> And, look, Brooke, it's a pleasure. Thank you for visiting, and we'll do it again sometime soon, and great to have you in the market.
4: Awesome. Thank you so much, Ken.
1: My pleasure. God bless. Thank you. That's Brooke Kershoffer of WWL Television. A brief time out. Back with more in just a moment here on 106.1 FM. Nash Icon on the web at NashFM1061.com. Family owned and operated by a great local family, Bergeron Automotive at 3525 Veterans Boulevard in Metairie has the right vehicle at the right price at precisely the right time for you. From outstanding newly designed 2021 Dodge, Jeep, Ram, or Chrysler products, Bergeron Automotive has what you are looking for. Check out our expansive inventory at bergeronchryslerjeep.com or call 504-321-4217.
3: To experience our idea of luxury, visit Bergeron Volvo on Vets in Metairie or online at bergeronvolvo.com.
2: As all of us in New Orleans continue on the road to recovery, Diamonds Direct is proud to help, and we've only just begun. Through September, we're donating a portion of proceeds from all local purchases to benefit Cajun Navy Ground Force, Second Harvest Food Bank, and our Employee Relief Fund. We're also offering to waive all finance fees for a limited time. Choose any jewelry item or engagement ring and spread your payments over five years with zero interest. Visit us on Severn Avenue or DiamondsDirect.com for more info. New Orleans, we're not going to let Ida slow us down, and we're proud to stand by you during these challenges. Have you looked at your website lately and said, gosh, this needs work, or maybe you've just been putting off building a website for your business? Well, don't stress. Cumulus Digital is here to help. Our custom designed and comprehensive website packages include everything you need, including links to your social media, Google search, and we even drive customers straight to you. Starting at just $1,500 to build and low monthly hosting and maintenance costs starting at just $85, we'll take care of it all. Go to nolacumuluscares.com today and get started. This is Robert Maddox, the owner of Han Roofing. I would not worry about hiring a contractor right now. I'd worry about getting my house temporary in. you got water coming in, you're vulnerable, overwhelmed, and you don't know what to do. I would hire someone, I don't care who it is, it doesn't matter if it's me. Call me, we'll try to get to you. But call somebody just to do a temporary. Call us today for a free estimate at 504-737. Two, two,
3: two, this report is sponsored by Taco Bell. Don't stay up late to binge that show. Sleep early to get a Taco Bell Toasted Breakfast Burrito. This is your warning. You can't get one if you sleep in tomorrow morning. Toasted Breakfast Burritos, available at a participating Taco Bell location near you during breakfast hours only, 7 a.m. to 11 a.m.
2: This is Josh Danzig with Where you at Magazine and WhereYouAt.com for 1061 Nash Icon, presented by Sky Vodka. You, the readers of Waryat Magazine, have voted for the greatest that New Orleans has to offer in Dining and More in the 2021 Best of Big Easy contest. And here are the results. For Best Deli in first place is Stein's, in second is Martin's, and in third is Kosher Cajun. For complete voting results of the 2021 Best of Big Easy contest in Dining and More, log on to Waryat.com and click on Best of the Big Easy. And be sure to pick up the latest issue
1: of at Magazine all over town. Cumulus New Orleans, incredible service and excellent results. New Orleans is always number one with Cumulus Radio and Digital.
2: Where can I get a nice cold beer and a view of the hottest girls in town? Nowhere else but Visions Men's Club, serving $2 beer all day and all week long. Beat the heat and inflation at Visions on Downman Road, where all the smart locals go. Your bachelor party headquarters open from 11 a.m. until the cock crows. Traffic is brought to you by Visions Men's Club, serving $2 beer all day and all week long.
0: This is where you get all access. Not just the focus on one or two topics. All sports are on the table with your calls at all times join us now by calling 260-1061 now back to Ken Trahan on 1061 Nash Icon through crescentcitysports.com and at nashfm1061.com
1: advocates of the college football playoff expanding uh, may be disappointed with the latest and they may have to wait longer than wanted if in fact any change is going to take place The playoff board of managers will not vote next week on a proposal for expansion to a 12-team playoff. It was thought that they would vote on it next week, but they will not. And, of course, this will delay any major changes to the current four-team college football playoff. Of course, the proposal that's been made is to expand to a 12-team playoff, large expansion, which would encompass having a lot of people have a chance to be part of the process but the vote will not take place next week so those that are looking for expansion disappointing news and of course the power five conferences well they're probably not so much as disappointed as the others 504 is the number you normally call but right now that number is not working i wanted to mention that we hope that that's going to be settled soon but it's not working right now the number to call in at least until further notice, 504-529-9084, 529-9084. Back with a final segment in a moment on All Access for, for a Wednesday night here on 1061 FM, Nash Icon and at nashfm1061.com.
2: With Amdro, you can enjoy your backyard like never before. Our round-the-clock pest protection gives you the peace of mind to enjoy your great outdoors without a care in the world. Okay, we can't defend you against the splash zone. But when it comes to fire ants and other pests, we've got you covered 24-7. Find Amdrow in the insecticide aisle at your nearest retailer.
3: It can sometimes be hard to tell if a prebiotic or probiotic is working. Not anymore. New Align Fast-Acting Biotic Gummies help soothe occasional abdominal discomfort, gas, and bloating in as little as seven days so you can get back the freedom to do what you love fast without worrying about occasional digestive upsets. Take new, fast-acting biotic gummies daily for best results from Align, the number one doctor-recommended probiotic brand. Visit AlignProbiotics.com for details.
5: Hi, Brent Bro with AquaSteam Systems and ABS. We're a state-licensed mole remediation contractor with over 20 years experience. If you are affected by Ida, we can help. We do our three-phase decontamination treatment and we'll provide a mole certificate upon completion. We give you a safe, mold-free home. So for more information, give me a call at 225-753-9151. That's 225-753-9151. We can help at any stage, complete demo and furniture moving, or just provide the necessary mold remediation treatment. For your home or business, give me a call at 225-753-9151. That's 225-753-9151. Aqua Steam and ABS with over 20 years of experience committed to our state.
2: How about the Tigers? After watching the Tigers stink up the Rose Bowl last week and a beat down by UCLA, we could only hope that the Tigers would make a statement against FCS McNeese State. However, after watching this News Fest Saturday night, I don't feel much better than I did after last week when the highlights are 55 and 56 yard field goals by Cade York and eight sacks against an undersized defensive line. That's a problem. Anyone right now feel like this team can compete in the SEC? we we'll find out in two weeks in Starkville. Next up in Death Valley, I'm glad it's not the Green Wave, the mighty Central Michigan Chippewas off a of 45-zip whipping of the powerhouse Robert Morris Colonials. Remember, buy local and buy from a tiger.
0: Always welcoming intelligent points of view, whether we agree or disagree. Let's have constructive dialogue on all access with Ken Trahan on 106.1 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com and through CrescentCitySports.com. Give us a call at 504-260-1061.
1: As we get set to put a wrap on things tonight, a few NFL notes. Rookie first-round draft pick Justin Fields will make his first NFL start for the Chicago Bears against the Cleveland Browns Sunday. Andy Dalton, the normal starter, will miss the game with a knee injury. And Tua attack of Ioloa will miss Miami's game with the Raiders Sunday with fractured ribs suffered last week. Jacoby Brissett will get the start for the Dolphins as a result in that one. Want to thank our friend Brooke Kirchhoffer of Channel 4 for joining us tonight. Hope you enjoyed hearing from her. We'll have her on again in the near future. We want to remind you that tomorrow night we'll have the Life Resources bottom line sports hour. Michael Green will join me for that from 6 to 7, following inside New Orleans with Eric Asher. Chrissy Ford will join us in a day to be determined. She got caught up tonight, but I guarantee you we'll get her on.